Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD, a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny. Welcome back to the Rethink Your Rules podcast. I am so overjoyed to be back recording for you. Took a bit of a longer break than I had intended over the last few months for a lot of reasons, but I am really full of ideas. I have a list of ideas and topics a mile long here that I want to share, and I've been receiving a lot of positive feedback from the people who listened to my prior episodes. In fact, some of my clients, as they've signed up, have told me how much those episodes meant to them even before we started working together. So I really want to make a point of being more consistent at getting this information out to you, letting go of more and more of my perfectionism along the way so that you can benefit from all of these great topics. Uh, I, as you know, I'm a perfectionist and my husband, who's amazing, is also quite a perfectionist, particularly when it comes to things like audio and sound and tech. And since he's my podcast editor, often the two of us, I would say, probably overthink things and try to make them a little more perfect than they need to be. So I'm trying to let go of a little bit of that along the way here. So bear with me. Uh, that's hard for me to do. If you're like me, you may relate. It's literally like my chest gets tight just thinking about doing something that's not in my mind, perfect and polished and things like that. But I know that perfection is not required to change people's lives. And I'm going to practice that. The other uh, reason we haven't recorded though, is not even so much about our own perfectionism, but due to a lot of really intense stress that's been going on. Uh, My husband's father recently passed away after a very long, complicated illness, hospitalizations, uh, a lot of kind of medical errors and misunderstandings and ultimately hospice. So that was very difficult for all of us. And I've also had some pretty intense stress at my workplace and our kids, as I've talked about openly before, have a lot going on as well. So some of those things I will be talking about as I share some of these new episodes, because I've learned a lot through all of them, but some of it I'm not at liberty yet to even discuss or even ready to discuss, to be honest. But that said, during this time, I have also had some amazing interactions that I can't wait to share with you about. I went to a wonderful coaching conference last fall. It's uh, the Physician Coaching Summit, which was incredible. Learned so much from those fellow physician coaches. Had great time of community and connection and learning about all the amazing things going on in the world of coaching for physicians uh, and medical providers. And then I also recently came back from the Women in Physicians Wellness Conference, which It's held three times a year. The one I went to is in Grand Cayman, where I've never been. Actually, was my first speaking engagement where I was paid to speak and selected, you know, from a competitive group of applicants. So it was really exciting for me. I was able to talk about a lot of the content I've shared here on the podcast and some other things I share with my clients and met some amazing women physicians there. Lots of great takeaways from that as well. So I'm super excited to share all of that. And I have such a clear vision for how I can help you and other strong women like you. So please stay tuned, subscribe if you haven't already. I would love it if you would 
share this podcast with your friends who may also benefit from it and leave a rating or review if you can. One of the things that I've noticed is that when I share the content uh, that I share here on the podcast with friends and conversations, they're usually blown away by how helpful and useful it is, even other coaches and other thought leaders. And they're surprised they haven't seen my podcast. And there are, I know, a lot of tricks and techniques to get things out there in the podcast world and algorithms and whatnot, which I'm going to be working on so that more people can learn from it. But in the meantime, again, letting go of my perfectionism and having to figure out the right way to do all of that, you can help me do that by simply sharing and letting people know if an episode impacts you and encouraging them to uh, follow and subscribe. And then for you to just leave a quick rating or review also really helps in that way. So remember too, this is one of the best ways to support someone if you enjoy their work, but you don't have the money or don't want to spend the money, just doing a rating or review can really help that person. So not just me, but anyone that you've received value from, that's a great way to do that. And if you want a little sneak peek, so you know who might need to hear about my podcast, I'm going to be talking about topics like narcissism, what the personality disorder is versus people who are simply displaying more emotionally immature traits, how we de-shame that, how we decide how we want to handle it in our relationships. I'm going to talk about how I think about gaslighting and where I think it's useful and where I think it may be overused, which is a different take than I think you'll hear anywhere else. I'm going to do some episodes on ADHD, which is dramatically underdiagnosed in women, particularly smart women, particularly women physicians, and how that plays out and how you can know if you might need to consider whether you have ADHD or someone in your life does. I'm going to be talking about autism and other types of neurodiversity as well and some of the overlap there. I've been really noticing so much of this in my clients, myself, and in the women I talk to at these conferences. So I know these are topics a lot of people are interested in. I'm super excited to talk about that. And then of course, I'm going to be taking pieces of the talks that I give on relationships and mindset and some of the mindset shifts that we can make to improve our relationships. And I'm going to be putting those in here as well. So please, please, please share with anyone you think might need any of those topics. And of course, if you have questions or difficult relationships and you want to come on and have me talk with you directly on the podcast, or if you want to send them in and anonymously and have me talk about them, I would love that so that you are getting the most out of this time that I'm spending here. Thank you as always for sticking with me and supporting me and coming back even when I'm inconsistent and imperfect. And with that, I want to tell you a story today. Let's keep it fun and I think you'll be able to relate to this and have your own takeaways. Maybe I'll share a couple of my own at the end as well. The title of this story is, I Have Needs Too. So about a year and a half ago in September of 2021, my daughter was just starting kindergarten. My son was in second grade. My son had fairly recently been diagnosed with autism and ADHD, and we had started getting a handle on some of his really extreme emotions and behaviors. It was still taking a lot of time and energy to parent him, however. And my daughter had always been our easier kid, for lack of a better word. She did have moments where she sometimes struggled with big emotions, but generally speaking, she was a lot more flexible and redirectable and uh, things like that. We just started the school year. She was really excited for kindergarten, much more so than my son had ever been about school. So we really anticipated now they're both going to be in the same school. Things are going to be smooth sailing. You know, we did not expect her to have any troubles. And around this time, we also had two puppies. <laughs> it's another story how we ended up with two puppies. And my husband, who's a stay-at-home dad, it was, you know, very overwhelmed and exhausted after dealing with them all through COVID in the summer. And so I sent him away the third weekend of September for a little relaxation and a little mini retreat. It was his birthday. 
during this weekend, I had both kids had soccer, which was a challenge for both of them with their emotions. <laughs> both the dogs were potty training. One of them had a vet appointment I had to get him to. And of course, we had the, all the ongoing issues of parenting my son, which were still pretty difficult. And my daughter had just had a very high fever and they thought she might have a urinary tract infection. And so she was prescribed four times a day antibiotic doses, which was given in a liquid format, which tasted terrible and she hated to take. So the entire weekend was very stressful. And I remember at one point, I think it was late Saturday night, it was about 10 o'clock. My daughter was not able to swallow her fourth dose of medication. It didn't matter how much I did, like chocolate, whatever I did, she kept gagging. She was really upset. I had finally gotten my son to sleep. I had gotten through the day with everyone. I was really at my wits end from, from dealing with all this for the weekend by myself. And I said to my daughter, listen, you know, it was just exasperating. You got to just take this, just swallow it. Like I've done everything I can do. You just got to swallow it. It's got to, it's got to happen. Mom's off duty. It's 10 o'clock. It's too late. Like I need a break. And I, you know, turned on my TV show and I just gave up. I was like, you figured out. <laughs> and my poor daughter is in the kitchen and she, and I think I might've even said to her, you know, I am exhausted. I've dealt with the dogs. I've dealt with the, Charlie, you know, all this stuff. Like you just need to take this. <laughs> Don't have time for this. And so she says to me from the kitchen, mom, I have needs too. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you're right. You do have needs. And I basically just had told her, you know, she needed to not have any needs right now because I didn't have the bandwidth for her to have needs, right? I had used all my energy for dealing with needs on everything else. And I sort of, you know, heard her and went back over and repaired with her and we figured it out and got her to bed. And that was a, a moment for me. And, and subsequently over the next few weeks and months, my daughter began having more and more and more issues. And actually it's turned out that she has a lot of emotional needs as well that we've had to deal with. And that always stuck with me because I realized that I was sort of expecting her to always be my easier kid because that's what had happened earlier. And I'd always thought, well, you know, Charlie was our tougher kid and now this is going to be a, a smooth sailing sort of thing, but that wasn't really fair to her, right? She gets to have her process too. So fast forward, I'm, I'm telling this story last fall at the physician coaching conference with one of the people I met there. It's such a great place, you know, just having lunch with coaches is amazing because everyone looks at everything in this really interesting light and thoughtful and you get a great perspective. So I was talking about this with someone who had some difficult stories about their kids and we were just sort of commiserating about parenting and having different kids with different needs. So I told the story. Then we fast forward through, you know, the lunch a bit later and I'm talking about my interaction with my mom. So I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast here, but just generally speaking, my parents really, really love my husband, Kevin. He is amazing. It's not surprising. And I've always been sort of a more difficult member of the family in their eyes. And so my parents love me, I think, but they tend to demonstrate more concern and care. And they're very conscientious about trying to support and care for my husband. Uh, and so I was talking about this interaction with my mom where I felt like such a baby because we had been at her house and she had sort of bent over backwards to make sure that there were desserts and types of pizza and everything that everyone else liked, including my husband. She was kept asking me like, what does Kevin like? What does Kevin like? She was doing it for my nephew and everyone else. And, you know, I am a little bit of a black sheep in my family. So some of the things I wanted were different and, you know, they didn't really have the pizza I wanted. So I sort of had to sort of say, Hey, can we order this for me? And then she was giving away my food to other people. And she was just basically, I felt my feeling in that moment was that 
you know, I'm her daughter and she doesn't even know what I like to eat or even care about making sure that I have things that I like to eat. She only cares about everyone else here. Right. And that was the story I was telling myself and I was irritated about it. I don't remember how much I said to my mom, but I kind of was complaining about it to my husband and he was, you know, and, and he rightfully kind of noticed, I mean, this is very childish, right? I'm an adult. I can eat my own food. I can make my own food. It doesn't really even matter. Right. Uh, but I was telling that story. And then I was also telling the story of how this past fall, my parents were working very hard to think of a way that they could give my husband a break because in their mind, he's, you know, doing all this stuff with my kids as a stay at home parent. And he needs like a weekend away. And it was funny because I was actually going through a lot as well. And they never thought to offer me a weekend away. And in fact, them offering him a weekend away was sort of like, you know, going to involve me having to do the work of planning it and then taking care of the kids by myself. And again, I, I don't think it was intentional, but there's this just concept that like they're worried about what he needs and meeting his needs. And they kind of don't think about offering me help. And I am a little offended by that. So I was sharing these stories with this person, right? So she'd first heard the story about my daughter, Nora, and then she heard these stories I was saying about my mom and my interaction with her. And this fellow coach of mine at lunch goes, so yeah, basically with your mom, you're like, I have needs too. (laughs) And I couldn't believe I had never thought about it, but it was so true. It was the same interaction. And I, I had needs and I wanted them to be heard and met. And I was trying to voice them and I was frustrated that no one was hearing them. And I got to say, it really blew me away. And I actually was pretty tearful the more I thought about it. And I was sharing this with my husband and, you know, being a dude, he's like, I don't understand. Of course you're like your daughter and you guys have all these parallels. That's like part of the deal of being, you know, someone's parent. And, you know, I think that would be obvious. And I was like, of course, on an intellectual level, it's obvious. But I think what really hit me with that interaction was that I saw myself so much in my daughter and in those moments, which have you know, there's been many more moments like this where my daughter has screamed and yelled and refused and said, Hey, I need this. This isn't working for me. In all of those moments, right? Even when she's asking for her needs to be met in a way that is not helpful and not useful and not okay, can be very demanding. It can be, you know, it's a behavior that's not safe or whatever. In all of those moments though, I started to see myself in that. And I started to see how beautiful it is that my daughter is free to say, I need this, whether it's in the right way or the wrong way. And that she has parents, you know, that I, that I listen to that and I hear that. And then I, I see past the behavior to her expressing her need. And I love the, the fire inside of her that makes her know that she doesn't have to cover up her needs and she can say them and she can advocate for them. And that that's okay. And I, I kind of took this back to one of my personal coaches and we were chatting about it later, you know, and I realized that I have always been that way too. Deep down, my core personality is very much like my daughter. And as a kid, I would say to my parents, here's my needs. And I got labeled as difficult and defiant and oppositional. And I got in a lot of trouble and even abused for those things. Uh, And I never stopped advocating for myself, but it was always a fight. And I had labeled myself as a problem and difficult and narcissistic and all these things because that's the message that I was always given was that me advocating for my needs in that way was not a good thing and was actually very, very bad, right? And it really impacted my self-image. And I tried to 
change how I was and to fit in and to be pleasing and to follow the rules. And I know that makes people like you more and makes you more successful. Like, so just bottle up the emotions and the needs and the, the, the autonomy that I need or whatever. Right. And so as I saw this in my daughter, it just, when I would think about it, I would just start to cry for her and for me. Right. Because we are so strong and we say what we need to say and we don't ignore our needs. And so many people in the world are constantly putting their needs aside and trying to please other people and fit in. And I'm really proud of, of us for doing that. And that's a, a, a self-confidence or a, a self compassion. I had never been able to really tap into before. Like it would always, I always sort of felt like it was wrong of me to be the way that I was. And it was a problem and it made things hard for people. It made me difficult. It makes me rub people the wrong way. And so seeing this in my daughter really allowed me to have this, as my coach said, like a blueprint for how to love myself, even though it's not always easy to be the way that I am and not always appreciated and not everyone likes it, but to really have this deep love and appreciation for myself and my daughter for the way that we care about expressing that even though we don't always express it right, you know, it's, it's not black and white, right? Like my, my daughter does need to learn to do it in the right appropriate way and not be too demanding. And so do I, but also how beautiful is it that we do it and we don't just stuff those things aside. And I think as women in particular, often we are not given positive reinforcement for doing that. Typically it's sort of like kind of a problem that people put up with at best right? They tolerate it at best, but no one is like, wow, that's amazing that you're like that. Right. And I think we have so much societal and parental pressure to fit in and please everyone. And our worth comes from being that, that person. Right. And probably to some degree, I maybe even was doing it subconsciously where I was like putting all this effort into my son and like expecting my daughter to just go along with it. Like, I don't know if that was about gender or just the interaction I was having with my son at the time was taking so much out of me personally, but how often do we expect our daughters to do this? Right. And then I, was able to take it even a little bit deeper because I have had some challenges in my workplace as a physician where it kind of boils down to me saying, Hey, this is the boundary I have. This is the need that I have. Right. And I express my emotional needs more so than most people in medicine and people don't like it kind of in an odd parallel to my parents, right? Like it's not easy for people when I express my needs and my personal coach actually, you know, she coaches several other physicians and she told me, she's like, my observation is that, you know, physicians have created this world where you are successful by ignoring your own needs. And the more you ignore your own needs, the more you're rewarded for it, whether they're physical or emotional or whatever. And most she was saying, you know, most of the physicians she coaches are not talking about their needs or regulating, working on their emotional regulation and all these things that I'm working on, they're, you know, Netflixing or drinking or, you know, just overworking to kind of buffer and ignore their emotional needs as much as possible. And she was telling me, she was like, so probably, yeah, when they look at you, they're like, wait, why can't you just ignore your own needs? That's what we're all doing. And it works really well. Right. And medicine benefits from that, you know, as an institution in the short term, because we do more work, we put our head down, we don't rock the boat. But The other thing that her clients tell her and that I see in the clients I coach is that we all know this is not sustainable, right? There are so many women who, like me, have these needs, and they're better than I am at pushing their needs aside and pleasing everyone and showing up and not rocking the boat. And they look, maybe they're okay, like they're maybe okay on the outside, but it's not actually sustainable. It's not working. And that is 
you know, a big reason why we have these skyrocketing rates of depression and burnout and suicide among physicians, particularly women physicians, because a lot of people aren't like me and they're not willing to go through the pain of being the one to yell, I have needs too, right? And what they do is bottle up those needs until it eats away at them. And the worst part is they tell themselves that they are the problem for having those needs, right? And I see that in myself. My self-talk is like, I'm the problem. I shouldn't need this. I'm too immature. I'm acting like my daughter. I should just grow up. You know, all this like really harsh inner critic talk that we have that's telling us also the same thing. Like I shouldn't have these needs. And in the end, this is what leads people to not be able to sustain this career or even it's even how we lose physicians. We have crazy rates. We lose, I think it's like two medical school classes, the equivalent of two medical school classes a year, uh, physicians who die by suicide. And we have to start talking about the fact that we have needs too. And so now when I look at my daughter and I look at myself and I look at us flailing around being misunderstood and I'm sometimes like, gosh, I'm so proud of us for saying that we have needs. And also this creates a safety for others around us. Like for me, people don't like it that I voice my needs and I voice all this stuff. I get a lot of flack for it, but you know what, when people are struggling and they're embarrassed and they feel ashamed and they don't know where to turn, they come to me because they feel safe with me because I'm the one talking about it and no one else is talking about it. And that is really a superpower that I can help other people by being vulnerable and honest and open. It's not all bad, even though I have to literally remind myself on the daily to let myself be human and have those needs and not to beat myself up because my inner critic is so strong and so good at telling me it's a problem. So I really wanted to just share that story with you. And I'd love to hear if this hits home for you, whether you're in medicine or not, please email me and let me know. If you're saying, gosh, I think I might have needs, but I don't know what those even are. I don't even know where to begin. I have no time with that. I hear you. I see you. So something you can do is even just to start asking yourself with true empathy, you know, what do you need, love? What do you need? Right. And to remind yourself, like I can be safe with myself. And when my body says I need something or my mind says I need something, I'm going to give myself a minute. I'm not going to go have a glass of wine or watch Netflix or just overwork and put my head down. I'm going to take a minute and ask myself, what do I need? What's going on here? Right. So just asking that question, it can be really small things, right? Like give yourself a five minute break, say no to something that your kid needs or your spouse needs and take five minutes to go read a book, right? What it's sometimes it's the smallest things. And sometimes it's big things like going to this women physicians wellness conference. I invited so many women to come to this conference with me and so many women will not do it because they will spend thousands of dollars on a Disney trip with their family on private school for their kids. They'll spend money on CME that's the you know, someone tells them is important, more important because it's like about a medical topic and not their wellness. So many reasons not to do it. They can't leave their kids, whatever. Right. Sometimes it's a big thing. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to take this space for myself to go to this well-being CME for three days and sit on the beach and just get in touch with what it is that I even need and love myself again and give myself that space. Right. So I want you to just remember no matter what they tell you, no matter who tells you you're too loud or too much, or you know, you're asking for too many things or whatever. First of all, if you're a woman, they're probably telling you that because that's what they're used to telling you and they're used to you accepting it. So your needs are valid, whatever they are, they don't have to look like everyone else's. And even if you voice them in a way that they don't like, that doesn't mean your needs are invalid. It just means that maybe you need to practice loving yourself and validating those needs for yourself. And then you can think strategically about how you want to share them with others and give yourself those little moments of 
freedom, whether it's going for a walk or doing a quick meditation or, you know, reading a book or saying no to something. So you have a little bit of time and space to just even notice what do I need here? What do I want? What's working and what's not? Or take a plunge and sign yourself up for a conference. I actually am going to be going to the Women Physicians Wellness Conference that's in Amelia Island, Florida in early August. I'm inviting all of my clients to come with me so we can have a, a dinner and we can do some like afternoons on the beach, just relaxing and sharing and brainstorming. I would love for you to come join us. You can sign up and work with me, do some coaching for six months leading up to it. And then we'll go and celebrate there or just sign up and go to the conference with us and have dinner with us. But maybe that's what you need. Uh, and maybe it's not, maybe there's another conference you've been wanting to go to or a book you've been wanting to read, but I want you to go away from this podcast and remember you have needs too. Your needs are valid. You are amazing for having needs. And if it's your superpower to share that need and give someone else a safe space, do it. Even if everyone else doesn't understand. All right. So I'm going to let go of my perfectionism because I probably could have cleaned that up into a better set of, uh, takeaways. And I hope that this story resonates with you. Let me know if it's helpful reach out, set up a consult. If you want to talk about any of this, or you need a safe space, consults are free. I would love to hear from you and I will be back with more next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to rethink your rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at jennyhobbsmd.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.